Welcome to the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs, where we showcase energy healers, lightworkers, holistic coaches, hypnotherapists, and creatives using their intuitive healing and transformative gifts to create an impact and a healthy income, as well as celebrate their one-of-a-kind, soul-expressed businesses. We'll take a look at the inspirational and insightful money lessons and messages in the world around us. I'm Michelle I. Revis, your host and fellow spiritual entrepreneur, learning, exploring, and uncovering the gifts and the personal growth opportunities of a soul-inspired business right alongside with you. Thanks so much for pressing the play button and listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, my friend. This is a stargazing episode where we take a look at why and how every house in the astrology chart has money ties or significance and can be seen as a money house. We'll talk briefly about the Vedic astrology method called Bhavat Bhavan and how value systems and early childhood influences play into the theme of money in each house. Even though this was inspired by a Vedic astrology technique, actually I'm pretty sure there's a similar Western astrology technique. Feel free to use the chart of your choice. This episode is probably going to be a little longer than usual. So grab your favorite drink and let's get started. By the way, don't worry if you don't have your chart on hand. You can always listen, then take a look at your chart later. Or feel free to pause this episode, grab your chart, then come back. Once we start going through the houses, the house I suggest to pay special close attention to is the one where the moon is present. You could also take note of the house your sun is in as well as your ascendant, but I say for now, focus on the moon. In Vedic astrology, the houses are called bhavas. Bhava means the field of action in Sanskrit. Therefore, it indicates how you live your life and the various aspects of living life on earth, which totally makes sense. Our decisions, our actions, our beliefs, and our interests and inclinations can be expressed or seen in the 12 houses. The second house in astrology is related to early childhood. It's here that we start to form our belief systems, learn what is safe or acceptable, and where values start to form and take shape in our psyche. That's why the second house is called the money house, because it's about value and our value systems. There is a technique in Vedic astrology called Bhavat Bhavam, where we count from house to house. That's what Bhavat Bhavam means, house to house. Now, we count the houses according to the number of that house. So, I know that sounds a little confusing. Let me give you an example to help you understand the concept. So, for example, the fourth house represents the mother. So, if we count four houses from the fourth house, 
We get our mother's mother or our maternal grandmother. Okay, so let's try another example. The ninth house represents our father. So if we count nine houses from the ninth house, we get our father's father or our paternal grandfather. Okay, so this is how we get that each house in the astrology chart is a house of money or value. Our early childhood experiences mold and shape our emotions, decisions, beliefs, and actions, which create our life experiences. Therefore, each house is a money house because it is the second house from the house before it. So two houses from the second house is the third house. Two houses from the third house is the fourth house. So on and so forth. That's why each house is a money house. Money equals value. And value is expressed subconsciously or unconsciously through our money and our experiences with our money. So whatever shows up, challenges, obstacles around money in our lives is a good indicator of what we need to work on in our lives. We add another layer when we start to look at the sign the houses are in, but that's for another time. This episode will be hours long if I included the planets and the signs. Maybe that's for a future episode or maybe even a master class or a mini course. I'll see how this episode goes, then go from there. I will link a helpful cheat sheet in the show notes so you could follow along if you like to read or if you're a visual person. Now let's take a look at what each house means in terms of money. Don't forget to take note of what house your moon is in. This is because the moon is about your emotions, intuitions, and your thoughts. Okay, starting at the beginning, of course, the first house. The first house is all about our money type, personality, and identity. It's who we are and who we aspire to be. In terms of money, it's about how money comes directly to us and how it molds and shapes us and influences our decisions and our actions. The first house is about our relationship with ourselves and the role money plays in our personal relationship with ourselves. It could also be the challenges money brings to us to better ourselves as well. In other words, how money plays a part in our personal growth. The second house. The second house in regards to money is the money house and is where we formed our values and ideas and concepts, as I mentioned earlier. This could be self-worth and how much we are willing or not willing to receive. The second house in general has to do with early childhood and domestic life. It deals with the spoken word and communication. And the reason why it's the actual house of money is that our conscious and subconscious beliefs, teachings, and programming around money and values usually start in early childhood. This is where our perception of the world begins. 
So this is where the seeds of money beliefs and mindset are planted. If someone was told they were worthless, good for nothing, and unworthy of love, attention, praise, etc., fill in the blank, those words and emotions at such a young and impressionable age would stick with them for their entire life and would impact them on so many levels and would permeate in so many different areas of their life. For spiritual entrepreneurs, this is the house of sales because when we are selling, we are expressing and communicating the value of our offers, our products and services. The third house. The third house is about communication and self-expression, education and travel. This could be how we talk about money or communicate about money, how we communicate ideas and beliefs about money. This house is also about travel and education. When we travel, we learn so much more about the world, about others, other cultures, and life through personal experience. We also learn even more about ourselves as we travel and experience these things. These things become so enriching in our lives. The third house could also be about communicating and expressing our needs and desires. What we want, what we don't want. And since this is the house about life force, energy, motivation, and courage, sometimes it takes courage and a lot of energy to communicate our needs, wants, and desires. For some people, this is challenging and it brings up a lot of fear. When we don't express ourselves, how can we expect our needs to be met? How can we expect to be abundant and prosperous, generously compensated or paid well for our efforts? This is the house about being brave, about having the money conversation, even when it's going to be difficult or challenging. For spiritual entrepreneurs, this house could be about marketing, communicating our business mission, and why we do what we do. The fourth house. The fourth house around money is about security and feeling safe. Having enough for basic needs and making ends meet. To me, this house feels like the practical aspects of money and learning about how to manage money so you feel secure about your money. Learning how to take care of your money so your money takes care of you. I'm sure you remember that's one of my favorite mantras. My kids can recite it and finish my sentence before I can finish the mantra. If you take care of your money, your money will take care of you. This is very fourth house, especially since it is the house of the mother or the mother figure. But for 3D matters financially, this is the house that deals with real estate, land, and our home. It could also be about luxury items such as cars, planes, and boats. Basically, assets and physical property in any form. The fifth house 
The fifth house is about creativity, entertainment, and fun, as well as speculation, gambling, or risk-taking. Regarding money, this makes sense because once we are secure in our finances, which is fourth house, and we notice we have abundance, we're able to be creative with our money and have fun. Since this house is also about entertainment and the arts, we can also see spending on various forms or investing in various forms of art. Visual art, performance art, etc., etc. Any and all forms of art. This is where we see that money is beautiful. We can also start taking risks, investing, and testing our knowledge and our intuition around money in the fifth house. This is the house that can also be about spending. What we choose to spend our money on that brings us fulfillment and joy. The sixth house. Now, here is where it gets interesting. <laughs> the sixth house is about healing and service. It can be about our place of work or our work environment. Sometimes, investments or projects don't work out we take a risk and things fall short or maybe we even spend a little too much we're just enjoying the fifth house matters just a little too much indulging maybe we overreached or our quote unquote luck runs out or the market turns when this happens, we can get stressed out. Many of us um, get worried about our finances and this affects our health. So what do we do? We can turn inward and seek ways to regain balance and equilibrium in our energetic states. So we turn to medical professionals and services and the magic of healers and energy workers. We need to take time to heal and rejuvenate. We also learn about money and about ourselves, which can be really healing and has the potential to raise our money tolerance threshold or capacity. This sixth house can be the house for money trauma or wound healing and how we overcome these challenges in our life. The seventh house. Okay. The seventh house is about relationships and partnerships. Regarding money, it's our relationship with money and how our relationship with our partners affects our money situation and our relationship with money. In turn, this could also be about how we affect our partner's relationship with money. We often develop, strengthen, or up-level our relationship with money after the challenges and the healing that took place in the sixth house. Our relationship with money can't help but grow and change. The seventh house is where we learn to trust. Trust ourselves, trust others, spirit, or the universe, trust money, faith, and trust strengthen all relationships, including our relationship with money. 
The seventh house is where we look at our partnerships, how we partner and co-create with money. Once we have a healthy relationship with money, we are able to ride the ups and downs with a little more confidence and ease and maybe even peace and emotional equilibrium. Okay, on to the eighth house. The eighth house deals with the money we receive from others. This is where we surrender control and power. If you have a business, there is a point where the ball is in the customer or client's court. They have the power and the prerogative to say yes or no to buy or work from us. We relinquish some of the control. We can't force or manipulate the situation. Of course, we would never do that. We just have to surrender and let go of our expectations that we place on ourselves and how well we're doing. The eighth house is also where we learn about overcoming challenges and perceived obstacles. This is also the house of wills, inheritance, health directives, insurance, and taxes. The unsexy stuff dealing with money. Also, it deals with the taboo around money, the forbidden side of money. This house is about being prepared and preparing for the unknown. It's a time to think ahead. Not like forecasting with the fifth house and speculating, but with the inevitable. Remember the joke or the saying, the only two guarantees in life are death and taxes? Well, this is a very eighth house saying about money. It's about control, how much or how little, or giving it up altogether. Finding the sweet spot between exercising and relinquishing control and power and learning about our financial thresholds. Okay, the ninth house. The ninth house relating to money is about higher education and spiritual knowledge. It's about teachers and learning. We also see long distance travel in the ninth house. This all makes perfect sense because when you travel and experience the world, you have a deeper appreciation for things and you learn a lot. You learn so much about yourself and the world beyond your home and your comfort zone. Your experiences with different cultures and your view of the world are experiences through the physical senses, not just through the screen or the pages of a book intimately know a place when you physically go there. You've tasted their food, listened to their music, and took in their physical environment. This makes you a wealthy person with a life full of richness, of experiences. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, it was the traders and merchants that brought riches from faraway lands and made their fortune from traveling long distances all over the world, sharing their discoveries and their treasures. Now, another theme of the ninth house is higher education and knowledge. I like to think of this as our treasures and our delightful discoveries. So in today's day and age, perhaps 
One way we can relate to this idea of learning and traveling long distances is in the area of taking classes online, learning through digital portals, and taking classes and courses. We can learn from anywhere in the world and on pretty much any topic and from pretty much anyone in the world. We can learn different techniques, methods, philosophies, traditions, and then we can add them to our toolbox of skills, modalities, and knowledge, in which we then in turn can monetize in different ways. We could also start teaching our knowledge and expertise to others and turning around and making the transition from student to teacher. Handing down wisdom to others. The ninth house is all about what we learn and how it enriches our lives, both through material abundance and spirituality, as well as how we share those gifts with others. The tenth house. The tenth house is about our career and work. So this is an obvious money house. It can also be about fame, recognition, and our reputation. This is also the house of rewards and accolades we receive due to our efforts. The 10th house is one of the four powerhouses in Vedic astrology. It's also called the Kendra houses. The others are the first, fourth, and seventh. When I think of the powerhouses, I like to imagine that they form a square or a stable foundation of a structure or of a house. While the first house is who we are in this world and our relationship with ourselves and how money contributes to or challenges that connection. The fourth is how we manage our money so we feel safe and confident. The seventh is our relationship with others and our relationship with money. And the tenth is how we generate income in our lives. It's also the work we do in the world and how we are compensated for it. Traditionally, our workplace is where we spend the most time outside of our homes. The ancients recognized that money and how we make money, which is our career, is important in building a life that's rewarding, stable, and joyful so that we can thrive and be prosperous. So this is all 10th house matters. Moving on to the 11th house. So as we make money in our career through our 10th house, in the 11th house, we see the money that comes to us in lump sums. In our work or career, this would look like a raise or bonus, commission payment or payout. It could also mean windfalls or inheritance. This house also deals with groups and organizations because in the 10th house, if you have fame and recognition and are acknowledged for your achievements, therefore there are many eyes and ears on you. So with the 11th house, we see the ability to influence and make an impression and impact on others, specifically large groups of people. This house could also be our friends and our associates. We could make the correlation between technology and the internet in this house since it deals with the masses and groups of people. We are blessed in this modern age with 
devices and channels to share information and inspirations at lightning fast speeds. This is also the house for philanthropy and humanitarianism, sharing our wealth and our financial gains with others to help humanity, perpetuating the good and the abundance that we have been blessed with so that it can spread and take on a life of its own to be shared with others and to the benefit of the planet. Okay, finally, the 12th house. The 12th house is about retirement and places of retirement. It's about reaping the rewards of having all your ducks in a row. Of the 4th house, matters of investments, financial management, and planning as well as the 8th house of wills and insurance. This is the house of enjoying and reaping the rewards of all the other houses together, all the other houses that you were so responsible with. Naturally, it's about charities and nonprofit organizations further connecting to the 11th house. The idea that we can't take our wealth with us, this is where we see the charities and nonprofit organizations and being generous and leaving a legacy. The 12th house is also the house of completion and release. It's time of releasing attachments, fears, expectations, and finding peace and forgiveness. It's a house for reflection because things come full circle and are reflected back to us in the 12th house. This house reminds us that life is short and that in the end, it's not about how much money we made or accumulated, but how well we used our money to live life well. Congratulations, you made it to the end. I hope this overview of the money houses in our chart was helpful in getting to know how money plays a part in the different areas of your life. That's it, my friend. May your life be fruitful and full of pleasurable experiences. And may the stars and luminaries shine their light favorably upon you and your field of action. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs. Hopefully it brightens your day and inspires you to take action on your dreams. We'll leave the light on until the next time, friends. Keep shining because people are searching for your particular kind of magic. <laughs>